0: Hello and welcome back to our devotional podcast on the Psalms. I want to do Psalm 103 for today and for Thursday. For today I will do Psalm 103 verse 1 to 12. Shall we listen to this Psalm? Let us pray. Father, speak your truths to us, reveal the beauty of your work in our lives. That like the psalmist, our hearts will rise with joy, crowned with love and compassion. Speak your truth to us, Lord, as we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 103, verse 1 to 12. Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his name, holy name. Praise the Lord my soul and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pits and crowns you with love and compassion. Who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbour his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who love him. As far as the east is from the west so far has he removed our transgressions from us. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This is a rather unusual psalm. I can think of two reasons for this. The first is that psalmist praises the Lord, but what he mentions is, O oh my soul, from my deepest, all my deepest being, praised his holy name. Now that's a hint already that it is not just thanking God and clapping and jumping up with thanksgiving to God. Something deeper, much, much deeper is taking place. He's praising God from his deepest, from his inmost being, from his deepest being. Deep inside him, he's crying out for joy, with joy to the Lord. And then as we look at the benefits of what God has done, forget not all his benefits we begin to notice that the benefits are not about external circumstances. These are not benefits about God slaying his enemies or delivering him from trouble or changing circumstances for him. The thanksgiving of this psalmist to God is not about God changing his situation, delivering him from something terrible outside of himself, but rather much of it is inward, has to do with he himself. Now sometimes we realize that this is a rather neglected need. We often pray and we say, God deliver me from this, deliver me from that. Yesterday I was faced with several difficulties, they were all external difficulties, and I prayed that God would change the circumstance. And indeed God did. But there is a work that is far deeper than just changing our external circumstances and it is God changing us internally. That's so much more important and we need to allow God or even to ask God or recognize that God is doing that for us. Let's look at this passage, who forgives all your sins. It is not about someone who is sinning against me, someone who's offending me, but it's about God forgiving me for my offences. And then heals all your diseases. Sure, that could be external as well. And yet many of the diseases are the diseases of the heart and of the mind, as we will see in the next line, redeems your life from the pit. The pit is often seen as depression. When we say someone's in the pit, we talk about the person deep in darkness, deep in depression. It comes with bitterness anger a sense that the whole world is against you a sense that everything's going wrong even a sense that god is against you and not listening to you stuck in a pit fallen into a pit where no one is there to help you no one will pull you out where you cannot see light it's all darkness in there and the psalmist says he redeems god redeems his life from the pit and i like this next line that says crowns you with love and compassion imagine walking with a crown and the crown is love and compassion you're almost almost like a statement that you're on cloud nine full of joy full of being loved full of experiencing god's compassion and then it goes on who satisfies your desires with good things our deepest Longings are satisfied, not just our cravings, not just the things we ask for, but deepest longings are satisfied. And then your youth is renewed like an egos. Imagine a tired person, all burnt out, all exhausted, emotionally, physically. Discovering a strength that's not just a second wind, but a powerful strength. Like that of an eagle that allows you to soar. It all has to do with a rejuvenation of the self, a transformation of the inside, where we discover that what we have is no longer, what we are is not just no longer in the pit, but that we have been lifted up like an eagle, crowned with love and compassion. This is about God's inner healing, God transforming us from within. Pouring joy and love and compassion into us. But how does that happen? How does God do this for us? I believe that the answer is a rather unusual one, and it is repentance. You know, repentance has often become a dirty word by those who force repentance on others. It gives sometimes it gives that illusion of that it is groveling, groveling in shame before an angry God. It is saying, I'm a worm, I'm totally useless, before an enraged God. And others then who repudiate, repudiate this um, repentance and say, we no longer need to repent because we are beloved of God. When we are loved by God, we don't need to repent of anything. God just embraces us. And how wrong those two concepts are because one does not understand what repentance is. Repentance is one of the best gifts of God. It is the gift of sight, the gift of insight. It is at this point that the psalmist discovers that he deserves God's compassion, he does, deserves God's anger. In verse 8 he says, God is slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbour his anger forever. Now that gives us a hint that we have done something, the psalmist had done something wrong that would make God so angry, that would make God give God cause to accuse him again and again and again, that would make him live in shame and guilt all his life, and that God had every right to harbour his anger forever. And then in verse 10, he says, he does not treat us as our gifts sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. What he is saying is that his sinfulness, his iniquities deserve great punishment, deserve something terrible. And he discovers that God does not treat us as our sins deserve and then in verse 12 it says as far as the east is from the west so far has he tran- removed our transgressions it's like my sin is always before me and what god has done is he's thrown my sins and my guilt far away but this insight comes or leads to repentance it comes from repentance and leads to repentance It's one of the most precious gifts that God gives to us. The gift of self-insight, of knowing what we are. It's nothing about groveling, nothing about an angry God. It's just recognizing ourselves for who we are. And so for anyone who says that repentance is not necessary because we have a loving God and God will forgive us regardless of whether we repent or not, that is so irrelevant. Repentance is a natural response to a discovery of who we really are and that discovery is God's gift to show us how much we need God's love and that is what transforms us to be persons of joy, persons who are crowned with love and compassion. Over in my 28 years of Christian ministry I've seen this happen again and again to people who were so blessed with self-insight and turned in repentance to god but let me tell you my own story there was a time when i was a pastor already and i felt that everyone was against me the whole world was against me i hated my church because i felt the church didn't like me the leaders of the church were always critical of me they were saying things that were not favorable they were criticizing me they were talking good about others but never about me I resented my family, I thought that they were making unreasonable demands on me. Family includes my wife, my daughter, my parents. And it was as though everyone was treating me shabbily. And I was especially angry with God, I felt that God was not helping me at all. If God loved me, I thought, then my church would love me, then my leaders would love me, then my family would listen to what I say. If God loved me, he would have allowed me to go my way, to have everything my way, because I deserved it. And no one should be hurting me, critical of me, saying things to me that were not pleasant. And I harbored that anger and I was really in a pit. Um, Depression was so deep. And then one day, and I will not tell the details today, I think I've said it before in other sermons, but one day God revealed to me how much I deserved his anger, how much I deserved his contempt. I realized that while God had entrusted me with a church to love, I had only shown hatred towards the church, the leaders and the members. That while God had called me to be a shepherd, to tend to the sheep, to bless the sheep. I had only cursed the sheep. I had only abused the sheep. I had become such an angry person and hurt the sheep that I was called to shepherd and to love. And as this revelation came to me I just cried to God and fell flat and I said, God how I have failed. You called me to be a blessing and I cursed. You called me to be a shepherd and I was more like a wolf. How do I deserve any pardon? How do I deserve any forgiveness at all? All that I deserve is your condemnation. Remove me as a pastor altogether because I'm useless. Take me away. And as I cried and cried to the Lord and told Him how, admitted how my life had gone, there was only thing that I heard, and I can't say I heard it audibly, and yet it was a strong conviction that should have been shame, but all I heard was this, I have always loved you. I have never once hated you. I've always loved you. And this kept echoing in my mind and my heart. And as I began to believe that God really did love me, a powerful and warm gush of love just flowed into me that was unexplainable, undescribable but just filled me with so much joy and I felt so loved by God and then the next few weeks, I continued to see the world in very different light. I saw my church leaders and I loved them couldn't believe it, I saw my family and thanked God for what they were, for God to have given them to me. I saw my church members and I I felt deep compassion for them. My preaching changed. No longer was I an angry preacher, but I was so filled with joy. And prompted by the Holy Spirit, I even went up to one of the leaders who had hurt me so badly and whom I resented so much, and I apologised to him. And things changed. I was indeed crowned with love and compassion. My soul deep within was just crying out for joy and praising God. Circumstances had not changed. My sight had been changed. I was able to see myself for who I was, and then I was able to see the world as God saw the world. God did an inner change within me that had nothing to do with a change of my circumstances. And it came with repentance. It came with a real insight that I had blinded myself from. And so as I say this, some of you would have experienced this to an experience deeply of God. And it might have come also from repentance, discovering that you deserve nothing good from God. And discovering that God, though did not owe us anything good, poured out all goodness upon us. And for some others of you who are still struggling with where is God and why is God not helping me? Why is God not answering my prayer? Why is God withholding good things from me? Perhaps the prayer that goes God helped me to see the truth about myself may be the beginning of an opening of our eyes to see who we really are and what we really are. And then as that leads to repentance, not repentance as in groveling before an angry God, but the repentance that acknowledges that that's us. We're so sorry about that. God, come and forgive me. We discover a loving God right by our side, who's, really, who's ready to open our eyes, to see the world, to see Him in a very different light. Let us pray. Father, I pray for those who struggle with knowing your love. For some time they've wondered whether you care for them, whether you answer their prayer, whether you will remove people from their lives whom they do not like. Father, I pray for each of us that you open our eyes to see truth. That the truth will lead to repentance, and repentance indeed will set us free and give us renewed a new vision, renewed strength, a life that you promise. Father, give us this gift that we may say with the psalmist. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Forget not all his benefits. You have forgiven our sins, you have healed our diseases, you have lifted us from the pit, and you have crowned us with love and compassion. Father, let this be our joyful response to you. But for each of us who continues to labour perhaps, Lord, the prayer, our prayer ought to be, God, show me first your steadfast love, that you forgive my sins, that you throw, cast my transgressions as far as the east is from the west. Give us insight, Lord, give us true self-insight, that we may know ourselves, that we may know you. For we pray in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, who saw us in our sin and loved us, and gave us his life. Amen. Well, I hope that you have a wonderful week ahead. And God bless you. Goodbye.